this shows you. Uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if if Josh Helmer is standing by in the Brown O'Haver Studios or not, but TJ can can attest to this as well. So we, we, we landed last night. Sorry, I can't figure out these stupid headphones. There we go. So we landed last night in Los Angeles, and it was it was it was cool. Listen, don't get me wrong. I love I, I love traveling. I suck at it. It is kind of what I talked about yesterday. But I love traveling. I love the idea of traveling, right? Oh, I'm going out to L.A. But then I realize I'm afraid to fly. I don't like being in buses. I can't. I get car sick. All, all these things that people say, oh, well, you get on the bus. You can do show prep, edit audio. No, I can't because I'll throw up, which would be very embarrassing, right? But this kind of shows you how how you got me right now, Sooner Nation, kind of we're my mindset is as we welcome you into a plank show live from I think we're in Santa Barbara, California. Um, I was afraid to post any pictures that involved the California or Los Angeles sunset, Josh. I was literally I was I was nervous. I had a couple of mics. Oh man. In fact, I have one in the hotel that we're staying in. I apologize to my neighbors, but you're going to get a full dose of Oklahoma Sooner Athletics talk this morning uh, in rooms 327 and 324. So my apologies here at the Hilton Garden Inn in Riverside. Uh, or excuse me, uh, Santa Barbara. But, I mean, Josh, do I risk getting dragged? Do I risk getting ratioed if I put any of these up? Because the last thing I remember happening was a pretty solid sunset fight between Oklahoma fans and USC fans. So I'm like, I'm nervous to even post any pictures at all. Is that normal? I think you'll be okay. Are you sure? No. (laughs) You just want to see me post it. So, oh, Oh, so you go out to L.A. too, and you start getting all Hollywood. What? What next? You're going to tell us that you didn't choose to go to USC? You just happened to end up there? I was like, what? It's gorgeous out, man. I'm not even going to lie. I'm looking out my hotel room window, mountain range, birds flying by. It's a great day for softball, and that's why we're here. So I will, I will hesitate on my... As long as I don't put something like these California sunsets, right? I think that would keep me safe. Yeah, probably try and avoid that. <laughs> oh, man. Long travel day. Fun travel day. Uh, I This is a crew that I love to be around. Uh, I feel like that with some of the, you know, that my first year, when I moved down to Oklahoma, well, I moved down to Norman in 2015, and you and I started doing the show in January of 2016, because I'll never forget our, our first game, which, again, I, I live by the theory I usually don't like to talk about how long you've been doing something because usually that's a moment where a boss or management can say, maybe it's time for change. Uh, this guy's really been doing this for a while now. Let's move on. But uh, we, we started our one of our first shows was right around Buddy's incredible performance uh, in, in Lawrence. In fact, it was after a home game. Because remember, Fran Fraschilla tweeted at the show, and we're like, oh, my gosh, Fran Fraschilla is listening to us right now. Uh, but there's a lot of the girls that are uh, women that are around this team now that aren't necessarily players that were around in 16, but are, are still staff members, right? Or if they were players like Fale of you and Sid Romero are still with this squad and traveling with them. 
uh, you, you've got some players who've been on the roster for a minute now, and Alo and Lindsey Elam and Kinsey Hansen. So it's it's kind of it's almost as if you're going on a vacation for a couple of months with a crew that you normally vacation with, and so that's that's what's been fun. I get to I get to swing in for the trips and the games and the good times. Uh, they've been grinding and getting ready for this, which is. Very exciting. And we're going to talk about it today as the show rolls on. In the meantime, we do have a, a, a busy guest list. Typically, on Thursdays, the Plank Show is at Cavens Construction. And they've been a longtime great partner of ours. I've uh, appreciated Gary's support and his understanding through what has now been a crazy travel schedule. Last Thursday, we were slated to be at Cavens, and what happened? I got stuck in a bus. This Thursday, we're traveling with softball. We'll be back on-site at Cavens Construction next Thursday, but uh, pipes are still you know, a concern. The weather's going to take another turn here over the next few days. Always make sure you have Gary's number handy at 405-573-3048 or 918-282-7612. Gary's coming up in hour number two today. Joey Helmer. Now, did we make this shift with Joey to hour two last week, Josh, or did we just allow him to continue to sleep and come on an hour three? I think we just allowed him to continue okay, to that, sleep. That's fine. We can do that. It's no worries at all. So Joey will be on with us at 11 a.m. Then we'll get the top five stories today as soon as we wrap up. Um, so that's that's the show. I'm in Cali. Josh is in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Let's get after it. We know where we're going to start, but Josh, I assume that you were. Wait, did you have play-by-play responsibilities last night? You did, didn't you? I had a all all city swimming show for the more public schools. So I was uh, I was busy from well six to a little after eight, but I, I caught most of the basketball game. I did too. Um, I, I was I was making or I was laying out to Toby. There's um one of the <laughs> I just checked Twitter. Uh, Brett Lunsford just tweeted us on the sunset pick. He said, "Dude, don't do it." Now, Brett. Now let's talk about your profile pick, bro. You are on a beach somewhere, okay? And I'm pretty sure that's not outside of Skytook Lake or anything like that. But I am heeding your advice, my man. <laughs> watch it, Brad. Brad watches me post a pick. Oh man, it's just beautiful out here. And watch me get ratioed by Sooner fans. Um, all right. I there's a <laughs> very funny. Well done, Brett. There is a an assist, not an assistant. She's the video person for the team and her name is Whitley Simmons and Whitley I've been kind of lucky in that the last the, the two video people that I've dealt with are both diehard sports fans I mean diehard sports fans Allison Fanning whom I love to death uh, and her family she was a she was the video person and Josh she was a diehard sports fan like we would sit in hotel lobbies and watch Thunder game back uh, when they were good right so I had Whitley's a diehard sports fan too. She, <laughs> I'm sitting up front. The bus was a little bit. We had a few rental cars, so pe- people were traveling their own way to get back from the restaurant out here to Santa Barbara. And she she came running up the aisle. She goes, "Did you just see that? Did you just see that?" I'm like, "What what 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 happened?" You know me. I'm thinking, "Did we hit something?" She goes, "We beat Texas Tech. We just beat Texas Tech." And I was like, "Wait," because I, I, I was listening on the app. 
And like, oh, yeah, 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 because it was a little bit delayed. We're up by like 12 late, and Emoji Gibson hits that three. I'm like, yeah, it, I guess your feed's ahead of mine. Final score, we got to win. She's like, okay, just wanted to make sure you were paying attention. And it, and it registered with me at that moment, Josh, not, you know, Whitley pointing out that we won, but that was a massive mood changer for OU basketball. That's the word I, you know, you can, we can use terms like momentum. Yes, you, you've got to have momentum, but you're going in Lawrence this weekend. Good luck. You've got to have confidence, right? But as far as just an overall mood around a program, and I don't just mean for the team, Josh. I mean for the fans. I mean for the, for the students. And the students have done a great job all year long with the boom squad. But, to go out and get a win, and listen, I'm not here to talk about the hoops analysis that takes place on this show, but I, I do want to point out that we did say that the key is to hit more shots yesterday, Josh. I don't, And I don't know if you guys want to say, wow, these guys truly called it. <laughs> I'm being facetious. But that's what happened. They hit more shots last night. They really did. And that was a mood changer. You know, now you've got Texas coming in on Tuesday after Kansas this weekend, and there tends to be a lot of confidence and excitement based on knocking off a team that's been talked about as a potential one seed in the big dance, has been dominant its last few times out, came from behind to beat West Virginia, did Texas Tech just this last weekend, beat up on Texas at home, has had big wins this year over Kansas, and now you just beat them at home. You've got to win your home games. That's a great start last night and a mood changer in my mind. Yes, they had to hit shots, and Mo Gibson did that by knocking down 8 of 11 three-pointers last night. He went for 30, and all of this came on a night where Tanner Groves was riddled with foul trouble. Had uh, four fouls, only played 12 minutes in this basketball game, finished with two points. So they needed Mo Gibson to step up the way that he did. They needed Harkless to hit a couple of shots. Uh, which he was able to do. So, huge win for Oklahoma, obviously. The net rankings, they're 39th right now. They, they were 48th, so it was a nice nine-spot jump for Oklahoma in the net rankings. Huge, huge dumb. Dude, a, a nine-spot jump in the rankings. Bro, that is ridiculous. And I mean that in a good way, right? It, think about it in any sport, in any sport that uses rankings, right? Uh, you're able – if you're jumping up nine spots, in, and I know it's hard to compare college football to college basketball, but in anything, anything, I mean, something pretty significant happened. And that gives you an idea of just how massive that was last night. Mood changer, Josh, it goes from a, oh, got to stay on the right side of the bubble, man. We're slipping into that, that Dayton territory to where you're like, all right, Maybe back in that eight nine conversation. Now you want to be seven six five. Uh, you beat Kansas this weekend. Look out! But it it does it changes that conversation a lot. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have been on the outside looking in if they had lost last night, and certainly if after this weekend you go to Kansas and drop that one too. Uh, maybe they still would have been right there on the bubble scene, but this one, this win has them still securely in. We'll see. D- does this give Oklahoma uh, a breath of life, a new lease on life going into the game at Kansas? Obviously, that's been a place where this program just can't win. H- hasn't won there since 93. 
It's a Saturday game at noon. It'll be, of course, as always, a packed house at Allen Fieldhouse. That's always going to be challenging. You have to feel a lot better about your chances going in after the way they played last night, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to feel really good. And I think you hit one thing on the head. They did it when Tanner Groves was battling foul trouble, only played 12 minutes. Fun night for Oklahoma. Uh, and a big weekend ahead. So let's let's get after it today. Sooner Hoops fans, if you want to jump in, 405-329-9000. It was, all in all, a pretty odd night in both men's and women's hoops. You had number nine Texas Tech lose. You had number six Houston lose in men's hoops. Ohio State, 16th in the country, went on the road and lost at Rutgers. Then in women's basketball, I mean, UConn lost last night, which I know it's not the same UConn team that we've had in years past, but they lost it, and they've been battling injuries this year. They lost at home to Villanova their first conference home uh no i'm sorry their first regular season conference loss josh since 2013 i mean basically a decade that's right crazy statistic and speaks a lot to their success but not the same uconn team this season because of injuries and uh, maybe a little bit just personnel in general you know what? I, I, I there was one score that stood out to me last night from Big Twelve. Or well, it is Big Twelve, but uh, from women's basketball, I I think Oklahoma going to Baylor and beating the Bears may have woke up Baylor. Did you happen to see the final score of the Baylor Kansas State women's game last night? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh my gosh. 95 to 50? 95 to 50? Aoka Lee finished with just eight points and was three of eight from the floor. Now, it's like you look at it, oh, maybe maybe that means there's a chance that things will slow down whenever she gets to. No, um, unfortunately, I don't think so. I think she'll still be ready to roll. But yeah. 95 to 50 last night. All right, listen, it's 918. There's the big stories that we'll be talking about today. Uh, OU softball, obviously, starting tonight or this afternoon. OU Hoops gets that big win yesterday. And, of course, all of our um, all of our eyes here on the NBA trade deadline. I can just sense the excitement building. We had the official preferred walk-on signing of Gavin Freeman yesterday. And let's get into the big national college football story next. What is going on at Auburn? We'll talk Brian Harson here on the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. So I have a non-related-to-our-story question, Josh Helmer. When you do shows like you did last night, is there a side of you that's like a swimming, diving expert? Did you, Or is it one of those where you had to study up kind of like I had to when I did the lacrosse shows? I would not qualify myself as any sort of a swimming and diving expert, no. And I did have to study up a lot on some of the recent results. And then gotcha. then from there, it's just, hey, how's the season been? What are you looking forward to at State? How are regionals? Who do you, you know, what are your teammates like? 
they wind up being pretty good. We had an awesome show, great turnout last good. night. So that's always always makes me feel good when folks show that's up. Good. There's there's nothing worse than whenever you have a show like that. And by the way, this is that moment where I say kudos to our team. Um, Pop used to have a great line. He, he would always say, don't hurt. That dude's hurting his shoulder or his elbow, patting himself on the back. So I'll try to get too carried away here. But kudos to that commitment to local, right, Josh? I mean, and what what uh, our local affiliate, the sports, uh, the ref, it, Norman is doing, excuse me, um, with the Moore schools, the Norman schools, the Norman North schools, you pair, you guys are crushing it, man. It's got to be fun. It is, got yeah. Got to put Danny in there, too. Put Danny in there, too, right? Danny, Steve, yeah, we got a Saul. We, we've got a lengthy, lengthy Wait, we list got someone named crew. Saul? We got someone named Saul that works for us? <laughs> we do, Saul Meyer, yes. We got a dude named Saul, and we haven't integrated him into this show just to be able to call someone Saul? Oh, we're missing out on big-time stuff here. That was that was like yesterday, Josh, whenever we realized that we had ourselves a great story and we just needed to do a better job of basically giving Emily more mic time when we found out that what, she was one of 12 kids? Insanity. <laughs> Craziness. 12 kids, 10, 10 of them are girls. Think about that for a moment. I mean, that's just fascinating. Anyway, uh, Emily. Uh, wait, now when I say Emily and I say intern, is that right? Or is Emily now a member of the staff? I think that's right, yes. Okay. All right, I want to make sure I get proper titles. All right, uh, back on track. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour one of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. VHFence.com. That's VHFence.com. Their perfection is your protection. You can call Mark and Tessa today. Keep them busy at 405-735-1167. Is Mark going to be on the gimme zone this weekend? Or no, not yet. <laughs> uh not yet that I'm aware of. I hear he's a hell of a golfer. We'll see. Let me know, BV. Brian Vinn, you're the boss, man. What are you making now? Uh, obviously, Oklahoma wins last night. We got Porter Moser coming up in our next segment. You're going to hear his post game with Toby and some of the highlights from his Zoom, plus Emoja Gibson, whatever he had from his uh, pregame meal. Let's do it again tomorrow, uh, or Saturday, excuse me, and on Tuesday of next week. And obviously how this team came together despite foul troubles from one of its most important players in Tanner Groves to beat one of the best teams in the Big 12 and in the country in Texas Tech. So more from Porter, uh, Porter coming up in just a bit. Uh, obviously I've got a quick little softball preview I want to do at the top of Hour 3. Joey Helmer is going to join us to help us out. And Gary Cavins is celebrating the anniversary of Cavins Construction today. We'll talk with Gary coming up in Hour 2. So we're busy on the back end. So let's, let's hit the big story nationally. No, it's... It's not the Lakers or James Harden. James Harden wanted to get traded to the 76ers. We cover college football around here. Uh, and I think, Josh, one of the biggest stories is what's going on in Auburn right now. Have we been able to make any sense whatsoever if Brian Harson is going to be the next or the head coach at Auburn or if he's going to be on the outside looking in? Do we have any idea what's going on right now in Auburn? I think what we know is there's a serious investigation underway. And what did you say yesterday, that Harson had been on vacation and now he's back? Right. So I would expect some sort of resolution that, hey, Harson's sticking here or that we're starting to find out some details that they're splitting ways here shortly. But other than that, no, I don't think we have anything breaking. No. But okay, so let's let, let me go through. So this morning I got up 
I'm trying to stay on Central Time while I'm in L.A., uh, and it's not necessarily working so well, but you'd be proud of me, Josh, when we got in last night. I did go right to bed, so I, I still got to bed like at midnight Central Time, but I've been up for a minute, and I did a show, um, I did a quick interview this morning on, on SiriusXM, and they asked me about this, and so I kind of I kind of panicked Googled the most recent stuff, and I was cracking up at the headlines. Right here's here's just three stories that I pulled up. You ready? You this is from AL.com, who's been all over this Brian Harson story. UCF's Gus Malzahn on Auburn Brian Harson situation, quote unquote. I'm just blessed to be here. So they asked Gus Malzahn. Here's a headline for you. Uh, this is where the equivalent of AllSooners.com, I guess it would be uh, AllAuburn.com, went and talked to some people in Arkansas State, and here's this headline, Few in Jonesboro surprised Harson may get fired at Auburn. <laughs> the hell did this guy get this job? And then the other headline, the one from this morning out of AL.com is this, Auburn's message to Brian Harson is clear, it's over. And, in fact, the very first sentence on an article that actually, let me see here, uh, this posted late yesterday afternoon, the sentence is, it's over for Brian Harson at Auburn. <laughs> it's like, and, and here's the best part in all of this. Did you see, well, I, I keep saying, did you see, I sound like, did you see, did you see, did you see? So here was one of the claims of, of for cause. They wanted him back on monday to meet he's like listen my vacation is over on tuesday that's whenever i return and so now now they're claiming that because he didn't return from his vacation on monday that some feel like josh that's a reason to fire him for cause because he didn't return whenever he was summoned back to auburn alabama (laughs) why would this is a serious question. Why would anyone ever want to be the head coach at Auburn? Why? And I don't I don't think it's the fans. I really don't. I mean, if you look at it from afar, you might say, Oh, those are those are crazy fans. Crazy Auburn fans losing their minds. I don't I don't think that's it, Josh. I think I think that their board of trustees are an absolute mess. And I just I, – I, I don't know if it's to try to be in competition with Alabama. You know, I've said this a lot on many different platforms. I find it interesting that after every Auburn successful run in college football, um, there's always a scandal, right? You go back and I, – I, I pulled up Auburn year by year. And you just think about the last 20 years, right? They – they go to the national championship game in, I guess we can even go, everything with Tommy Tuberville was a mess down the stretch, right? I mean, that dude just couldn't get out of his own way, even after going 11-2 and and winning the Cotton Bowl in 2006. It was just, and the year, of course, when they went undefeated and they couldn't play in the postseason. Why couldn't they play in the postseason? Because there was controversy. 2010, they win the national championship, right? They they beat Oregon. 
2010, Gene Chizik. What happens? Controversy. They end up getting uh, put on probation. Fast forward, 2013, they lose the BCS National Championship game against Florida State. What happens after that? More controversy. So I just, if there was ever a place where the definition of can't get out of their own way fits, Josh, I feel like it's Auburn right now. And I don't know much about Brian Harson. I'm not trying to tell you that he's a great or a bad coach. There's issues when your OC quits after a month, your defensive coordinator is quote-unquote forced out and gets paid more to go to Oklahoma State. I just, I, I feel like that there is a lot of, I use the analogy cooks in the kitchen, and I don't think everyone is even close to being on the same page. I think that's a fair observation when that many different head coaches have had something turn up. Even when you're finding successful runs, it makes you wonder why does why does something keep happening here at Auburn? I'm looking at a tweet. Listen to this from On3Sports. This is a great quote from Ivan Mizell. I've watched Auburn football all my life, and I don't understand why this kind of thing keeps happening, this kind of thing being the job of Auburn football coach turning into a Netflix miniseries, end quote. I mean, that's it right there. When it's a Netflix miniseries this frequently, it can't just be the head coach, right? There has to be, there has to be something else in the water that – leads to these types of situations being recurring situations. And I guess the latest is this, that Brian Harson is off to the SEC head coaches meetings yeah, this morning. Yeah, that's today. Yeah, that's today. And apparently there's a swarm of camera crews already out <laughs> waiting in front of the building. <laughs> there's a headline, too, that was written this week uh, that I was getting. Matt Hayes, who I've, I've started to follow Matt Hayes. I like his stuff. The headline is, it's not you, Brian Harson. It's simply the Auburn way. And, you know, really, you go through the history, there doesn't seem to be a time in Auburn's history, outside of, outside of Terry Bowden's run back in the late 90s, um, where there didn't seem to be some sort of controversy. I mean, Bowden inherited the team in 1993, they were 11 and 0, but they were ineligible for the postseason because of things that happened under Pat Dye's watch near the end of his tenure. Um, Doug Barfield, I mean, spend some time going through. There are stretches of an eligibility for postseason at Auburn, unlike any other program. And, you know, I, I used to, I, I did a segment back on the buzz in the day is, all right, and it was right after I think they won the national championship, and it was, it shows you how long I've been doing this, Josh. It was 2000 and I think four, and they they had all kinds of problems. Now, they didn't win the championship in 2004, right? That was the – They got left uh, out. Was, they got left out. That's right. That's right. Uh, they they won the national championship in 2010. And, and my point in bringing it up whenever, you know, Ted Roof was a defensive coordinator on that team. Boy, I, I know Coach Roof wouldn't talk about it now, um, but it'd be curious to know what that culture is like. I mean, look, think about think about that coaching staff, Josh, at, at Auburn that won a national championship. Just real quick. Gene Chizik was their head coach. Gus Malzahn was their offensive coordinator. Ted Roof was their defensive coordinator. Their special teams coordinator was Jay Bulware. 
And Jeff Grimes, who's the offensive coordinator at Baylor, was their offensive line coach. Oh, Trooper Taylor was on that staff, too, as was Curtis Looper. But that was Cam Newton. And, of course, Scam Newton. What happened after, after that? They ended up on probation. And my take was, would you risk three, five years of probation slash penalties from the NCAA to win a national championship? And a majority of people were like, yeah, absolutely I would. Where do I sign? Where do I sign up? Give me that national championship. I'll take five years of being bad at football. I don't think many of you would, but it's just, it's funny how it seems to be a common theme at Auburn. Now, I don't think as of, what is today's date? February 10th, year of our Lord, 2022, it has much to do or affects Oklahoma. But when you start thinking about the future, and you think about Auburn in the in Oklahoma and in Texas in the SEC, it'll be very interesting to see what state Auburn is in by the time that Oklahoma gets there. Interesting. Not to say there's NCAA sanctions. No, there's not. It's just a hot mess, and it always has been. All right, quick break. Let's hear from Porter Moser next on the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I am with the Sooner softball team in Santa Barbara, California, right now. Josh is standing by in the Brown O'Haver Studios. And last night, Oklahoma knocked off Texas Tech. Here was a portion of Porter postgame with Toby Rowland with an incredible stat and great perspective from T-Row to kick it off. We're joined now live courtside by Porter Moser. Postgame interview brought to you by OU Health. Coach, you just became the first coach in OU history to beat four top 15 teams in your first year. Congratulations. I know you don't care about no, that. I, I, I'm so happy for the guys. They've been so resilient fighting through this. And it's funny because I've, I've answered so many questions the last three weeks. How's the locker room? Have you guys lost the locker room? I'm like, heck no, we haven't lost the locker room. These guys are fighting every day um, we're, to try to get better. And, uh, you know, I, I want to thank the crowd. I want to thank the students. I thought they were awesome again and just had such an energy and um, and uh, to help us to get through there. But for our guys to be resilient, and we talked about it, we knew that we had to move the ball, skip the ball, and get that ball popping because they're so good defensively. And to score 70 points on that, we had 14 assists. We said at halftime, we spotted them 10 points. We had three pick sixes to throw some football stuff in there. Sure. You know, and then uh, we had an intentional foul, and then we had we fell asleep in an out-of-bounds play for a, a lot. And that, we, they, that was 10 of their 30 you know, in our turnovers, and we took care of the ball. They only had two points off turnovers in the second half. We took care of it. Um, I thought we moved it, but the bottom line is we defended for 40 minutes against a very old, disciplined, very good team. We defended. Even when we had our offensive woes, we kept on getting stops, and uh, these guys really needed this, and uh, it was a signature win for us, uh, for our resume, but more important, just their just their confidence to keep fighting in practice, fighting through some things. We yeah. know the stretch we're on the, in terms of every team we're playing as elite, and to get a win like this, uh, it gets us back on track. Mood changer, Josh. We'll have more from Porter uh, and a little Mo Gibson as the show rolls on. Drake brought up a good point um, because I've I, I've focused a lot on the foul trouble for Tanner Groves, but let's not forget Goldwire was in foul trouble most of the game too, and that made that made Mo have to play a little point guard last night with B. John Cortez out. And to me, uh, and I think most would agree, makes his performance a little bit more impressive. And it looks like they're going to be without Cortez again on Saturday. I know that yeah, if you want to look at a glass half full, kind of makes you feel like that yeah, maybe maybe Mo's a little bit more comfortable being that guy at the point god. Yeah, it makes you <laughs> ask that question a little bit. Okay, well, should we 
find ways to let him run the show a little bit here and there because clearly he he was fabulous. You also want to guard against a little bit getting too caught up with just one result where he knocks down eight of 11 triples right, and, right. and saying, I, this is how we need to operate. Probably the coaching staff has a good idea based on what they see every day in practice that the best version of Oklahoma is with Mo Gibson playing off the ball. But last night, when called upon in that duty, he was he was certainly terrific. And what Coach Moser said there was exactly right. That was what keyed this thing in the second half was defensive stop after defensive stop after defensive stop. They, they smothered Texas Tech and took them out of anything uh, positive that they were able or wanting to do offensively. Yeah. I, you know, and again, I'm not – my mind had been a lot on the the women's basketball team. That's kind of where my uh, focus has been, and obviously the, the 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 party here, the party Marty and Firecracker eating Frank show, has been focused a lot on you know looking at it from the perspective where Josh is is drilling in deeper, and we count on Toby. But last night was one of those moments in listening to Kevin and listening to Toby and really kind of immersing yourself in what this team needed, which is what I did. I, I don't – we're going to talk about Mo Gibson a lot, but, Josh, what they got defensively from this squad was, in a word, necessary, right? Just necessary. You know, another play that really jumped out to me late, and I'm trying to find the timestamp on this in the second half. It was in the final few minutes, but – Mo Gibson's rebound when he came crashing in and grabbed that board it just showed you the type of commitment that Oklahoma had in this game connected all levels whether it was obviously shooting the basketball better for for Mo Gibson he shot the lights out of it defensively what they did and then Mo Gibson flying in to get that important late defensive rebound when you're trying to hold Texas Tech off in the final few minutes that that's the type of commitment, the type of effort that it takes to beat a team like Texas Tech at home. And it, it was great to see, obviously, gigantic win for the Sooners. Let's see now how it rolls over into Kansas. I think more importantly than that, let's see how it rolls over into next week with another very, very important home date versus Texas. You kind of you hate to do it, but from a broadcasting standpoint, I almost chalk up the trip to Kansas as a loss just because yeah. that's the way it's played out since 1993. But this was the right thing to start turning the tide a little bit for that uh, home game coming up versus Texas, which is going to be another really important one next week. All right. Um, I'm just I'm – so, I'm so pumped for Porter Moser. Uh, you you could tell that he's he's got a big time belief in these guys and to go out and not just beat them but beat the snot out of them like they did down the stretch, uh, that was big time stuff for a program that was coming off, um, gosh a gut punch at Oklahoma State had not really played all that well and then to come out and do the things that they did last night, just massive shot the ball well but I think the other side of this is to overcome eighteen turnovers which you know. It, I just feel like the timing of the turnovers, I feel like the timing of the turnovers, if there is a such thing, weren't as necessarily damning as they were against Oklahoma State. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. It just see, you look at the turnover numbers for Oklahoma State, you're like, shouldn't they have like 30 turnovers? It was just the worst time turnovers. Last night they had 18, but 
uh, they did a good job in in defending up when they made those mistakes. I got to see what points off turnovers were from last night. All right, um, listen, we I'm trying to stay on the clock today, so let's take a break. Yesterday was one of my favorite days of Super Bowl week. Yesterday was one of my favorite days because we get like a state of the league address from Roger Goodell. And when we come back, I'll share some of the highlights of it. It got – I don't know how much you – I watched all of it, but it really it really got in the weeds in minority hiring um, and what the next step for the NFL is. But there's also a lot here on the Washington football team to get to, and we'll talk about it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Mike McDaniel is having his – introductory press conference with the Miami Dolphins. As expected, it's electric. Welcome to Miami. That's my fifth welcome to Miami, and I'm, I, I'm feeling welcome. About to say, just trying to make you feel comfortable. That's what I mean. I'm just waiting for you to bust out some welcome to Miami and then finish the verse. I'm not going to do that right now, but maybe later on. Gotcha. <laughs> welcome to Miami where the players play. What, do you know the rest of it? I cause it's like big beats. Hold on, I gotta look it up. Uh, welcome to Miami, where the players play. I know that part of it. Uh, oh, there's like five different "Welcome to Miami" songs. Oh well. Uh, Mike McDaniel meeting with me. Did you see this dude is like crushing me on Twitter? Have you seen this? I don't know if you Who's ever. Who's crushing my you? All right, so quick little sidebar here, if you don't mind. I. Mike McDaniel is biracial. His father was black. His mother was white. And as someone who is a big Dan Soder fan and listens to the bonfire a lot, crackle, crackle, uh, the the story goes that, you know, his mom got remarried as, you know, the relationship between her and McDaniel's dad fell apart. And Mike McDaniel never knew he was biracial until, like, high school. Right? He looks very white. His mom's genes are very strong. And, you know, it's just – it's almost as if there are people that just don't accept that he's biracial. For instance, this guy, Authentic Allen, who basically is, he's the person that's always trying to catch you, Josh. Like, this is one of those, I'm going to catch you saying something and cancel you on Twitter because you're a racist. That That's kind of his little angle. And he tweeted at me, like, literally, either it was real early this morning or late last night. And the picture is of Mike McDaniel getting on the jet for the Dolphins. He goes, hey, Artie, is this a guy Chris Plank was trying to convince everybody of as a minority hire? Brutal. Like, I, I'm not I'm not here to, to convince you of anything. It's just, I mean, it's a fact. I don't I need don't, to convince you. It's a I fact. I, I, I could, Andrew Hawkins had a great tweet the other day where Andrew Hawkins didn't believe Mike McDaniel. So Mike McDaniel had to send him a, his mom's wedding picture. Well, you think this dude is, like, making it up? It's just there's this there's this just group of um, ready-to-get-you people on Twitter. And, boy, every little thing you say, it's like, oh, so you're trying to say this. And you're trying – no, I'm not trying to I, – I am saying it. I'm telling you that's – oh. I'm a, I don't know how Mike McDaniel's going to do as a head coach, right? I think he's a very smart dude. Um, I, I worry about his ability to, like, command a room. But then again, I've seen dudes that I looked at and I thought, I'm, this dude ain't going to do anything. And they end up being rock stars. So I'm trying not to judge a book by its cover here. But, man, as, as Mike Freeman 
said when he started his reporting on Mike McDaniel. The Twitter streets are going to be tough when it comes to McDaniel and his hiring at Miami, and they sure are. With that in mind, yesterday, do we have time here? we got like a minute left in the hour, right? Yesterday, Roger Goodell, during one of my favorite times of the Super Bowl week, uh, talked about reevaluating everything after the initial Brian Flores comments. To me, it's more important for us to sort of listen to Coach, understand what he and other coaches are going through, what our clubs are going through, what they, the feedback they have, and also, again, reevaluate everything we're doing. Let's, let's see. Are we making mistakes that we subconsciously are doing or didn't think was a mistake? We have to reopen to every one of those. Um, and so, you know, I admire and respect Coach a lot, and so uh, I hope we'll get a lot of feedback, not just from Coach Flores, but everybody in this league. That's yeah. what's going to make us better. We'll have much, much more from Roger Goodell's press in the top five stories today. But when we come back, we celebrate Cavens, one of our great partners, and we dive into what the bubble looks like right now in college basketball. It's the Plank Show.